What's good, my spawn? It's your mom, Wolf the dog, and I am here to provide sustenance in the form of a radio show. Will it nurture your organs? Uh, Maybe. Will it feed your brain? It better. Will it deliver you all unto the great void? I actually do not know. Hello one, hello all, hello y'all. It's your best friend with the trash-eating problem, Wolf the Dog. It is December 6th, and the time is 5 o'clock, y'all. Hmm, sounds like it's about garbage been o'clocked for your wolfy boy. <laughs> now, speaking of trash, earlier I took my dog, Wolf the Dog, to go find him something to fill his big old belly up with. But upon venturing outside, the sky suddenly darkened all around us for a little bit. Y'all ever seen an eclipse? It was like that, but, uh, different. It was real spooky, y'all. Wolf nearly shit his big-ass britches. Which wolf did that? I'll let y'all figure that one out. When I came back down to the studio, I found a note attached with a thumb tacked to the inside of my door. It is emblazoned with a solid green triangle and says, For Wolf at the top. I guess it's this week's Howlin' with Wolf. It comes from user Chucklin' Boy over on the subreddit. He's an Android user, but logged on to iTunes on his computer to leave a review. This boy sure knows how to make old Wolfie blush. Chucklin' Boy writes, The cowboy years introduced a turn of phrase for dealing with a shitstorm. We called it a night at the opera. You boys have taken care of a few off-screen, but damned if your debut isn't like the Mets' own debut, Faust. Somewhat fitting, isn't that? And remember, the mission is over when the world ends. For all of you out there listening, be sure to stop by the subreddit. We are starting to see more discussion around the greater Delta Green Cannon, as well as game running tips and general show stuff. See y'all there. Wolf bless you, chuckling boy. I think you're smooth like butter, like a criminal undercover, hot like summer. Y'all make me sweat like that when you tag us on Instagram or Twitter at PretendingPod. Or write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that's good too. Fuck a whole lot of people, but especially those with influence who propagate anti-science rhetoric. It's time for the news. A tall, gaunt, humanoid figure. Where an older version of himself just stood. None of that made a lick of sense to me, but that doesn't mean I'm not hungry. Filling me up always is kudzu with no backbone. You all see yourselves existing in this infinite darkness, and you feel eyes on you, all over you, and out of your own bodies, floating in this vast nothingness, in this endless void. You see a hand stretching out of darkness, and in the palm of this hand, a small 
metal sphere. A ball. Suddenly, long and wiry metal tendrils begin shooting from this round shape. The wires wrap their way around this hand holding the silver object and begin tightening the grasp, constricting until the skin on this hand peels open at each strip of wire, bleeding out into the nothing. And this hand, unable to hold the ball any longer, falls and disappears. And with no platform, no support, the silver sphere, too, begins falling. A line of bodies forms in its downward trajectory, hoping to slow its descent. The bodies are human, men, women, children, and their fashion follows a distinct pattern. The first bodies are dressed like pioneers in the Old West. You recognize one as the founder of Contention's wife, Mary Cole. The next looks to be from the turn of the century, then the Roaring Twenties, the Great Depression, then looks from the mid-century, and eventually you see modern clothing as you know it far down at the end of this line. And this small metal sphere, this ball, cannot be held for long on top of each of these bodies before its wire arms decimate the skin until there is no more blood left to drain from this biological shell or the round object simply black its way through its short-lived host. Either way, the blood from previous bodies above trickles at the start, eventually pouring down onto those below before the subject of this story even makes it to them. And finally, the lowest body, a young girl, receives this hellish gift. The ball buries itself into her forehead, and the vast nothingness is blown away by a new setting. This girl is running through the woods. It's raining. She seems to be chasing a teenage boy. The girl lifts a machete that flickers in the glint of the moonlight, and the boy turns around just in time to watch as she brings the sharp blade down over her head. But she trips and she drops the machete, which plunges perfectly into a crack between two stones, blade facing up, and this young girl falls face first, splitting open her skull, revealing a small metal sphere sitting inside. The scene changes again, and the only image that remains is the cleft head of this young girl, now sitting in a storage tub atop a folded, bloody suit. But time has not treated this head well. It has been removed from her body. The skin decayed and slumping over the bones in her face, completely unrecognizable. And we see John Lee Pettymore IV who's plucked the silver ball out of this corpse's dome and he pops it in his pocket. And your vision fills with water. Sitting on top of all this water is a desk and sitting on top of this desk is the small metal sphere as well as an odd-looking old-timey revolver with glass tubes on the cylinder and a green light lit. In front of the desk, 
Rosemary dives for the gun and snatches it. Behind the desk, Marvin Glass reaches out one of his spindly arms and with the flick of his translucent hand, he flings the ball at her. Suddenly, multiple shiny limbs extend from the small metal sphere and slam into the body of its target, Rosemary. One of its appendages slices into the soft tissue on the back of Rosemary's neck. Another snaps her head forward and you hear the fracture as a third metal tendril reaches in, gripping the top of Rosemary's spine where it meets her head and it rips her entire spinal cord out of her body in one swift motion, promptly forcing itself into the now vacant spinal column of this human being. The new Rosemary standing before you has a crazed look in her eyes as she blows her nose into her hand, slams the mucus, black, shiny, viscous, into the empty chamber and squeezes the trigger on this odd-looking revolver. There's an almost blinding flash of light that illuminates your entire field of vision and then covering the spot where Rosemary just stood, this black, shiny, viscous sludge oozes. And seemingly inside this muck is the placid body of Rosemary. She is lying peacefully as her limbs seem to fold into this ooze, becoming one with the sentient mass of goop. And then you all wake up. You've felt this feeling before, this shock. Your stomach feels weird and content. Your ears are ringing. It's dark. It's cold. And it smells like burned flesh, which immediately brings you back as your eyes begin to adjust. There's a pool of blood on the floor, and next to it is a coffin on the ground in Ari Manstein's mausoleum where you've woken up before. You look at each other. There's blood splatter speckled on each of you. John Lee, Kevin Lee Pettymore, the third in all black tactical gear. Keith Vigna in his brightly colored polo and boat shoes. Clark Bishop in an old contention PD uniform currently holding a thick black cloak. And the shock begins to wear off. You feel the searing pain on your chest, on your back, on the bottom of your left foot, and inside your dominant palm. Welcome back to Contingent, boys. Or rather, the city cemetery. Holy shit. I'm getting sick of this shit. (laughs) Uh, Clark is looking bewildered at everybody. Are we we back? What's the last thing you guys remember? John and I, we... we, uh, We, we found we found my my parents' old book. You uh, where? It was right under my nose the whole time. It's it, it in my house. What well, what's in it? I mean, I power, I guess. It, it it lets you it lets you do things. It's what's what's your last memory, Keith? What happened when you 
across through the door. Oh my god, I... I have vivid... Vivid memory of... Falling through the door. Landed on the pastor. I went... Through some of those doors down there and... Went down an elevator and... I got to more, a room. More doors in an elevator? Opened a few doors and... What? I got I got into a room and found... Well, I found... Some papers. And I found the gun. And I, I saw Tildy B, but she was... Very much worse for wear. How so? Well, she just... Her hair was falling out and her skin looked thin and almost translucent and just she didn't have any fingernails and oh man I I found a, a, a spell on one of those papers and I I said it and my my fingernails popped off and I checked my hand real quick and you have fingernails thank god wait was was Tilly B alive she was alive she was acting like a monster or, or like a caged up animal. She was behind a door, like a blast door, but I didn't open it up. She was screaming and making crazy noises. And after I cast that first spell, I figured it worked and figured, you know, magic works. So I, I cast this, cast the spell that, that Mildred Mitchell had on her. And oh my God, my, I feel, I want to feel my arm. You can feel the metal underneath where muscle should be. When I cast that, my arm and chest and face ripped open and all the metal that was in me popped out. And I regrew my bones. They just popped back in. At that point, I kind of lost it and I, I pulled the trigger on that gun. And... Guys, I was Silas Cole... I founded contention. I own the I own the mine and I <laughs> I made I made Mary. Mary's a ball. You made Mary Cole? Mary I think it gets real fuzzy after I pull that trigger, but I don't know if there is a Mary Cole. Mary is is M A R Y. She's a ball. She's one of those silver balls. Why did you? What do you mean M A R Y? What? I, well, I. It's fuzzy and it's not at the same time. When before I pulled that trigger, I, I found paper with the. It, it had A through X of what looked like failed attempts of making something and. The last one was looked like a success, and it was M A R Y. Like, you ain't got no alibi. You're Mary. <laughs> what? What? You're Mary. <laughs> I had Wolf the dog make that same <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yep. Damn it. <laughs> I made him do it. I made him. <laughs> I made him. <laughs> I make Justin. <laughs> Every once in a while, I put in a joke that I'm like, ha, you motherfucker. <laughs>
Hey, Luke, are you using your internet from your house or your hotspot? My hotspot. Is it bad? Yeah, maybe use the other one. Okay, I will until it yeah, goes Yeah, your out. robot voicing hard. Which made that agonizing and wonderful yeah. <laughs> explanation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I am on, I'm on regular internet now, so fingers crossed it stays on. So did you get most of that, or should I go over it uh, just with you guys? Quickly. I got the gist of it. There was one thing that you cut out for that I was curious. Oh, your bu- did you say your your metal popped out and something about your bones? My bones grew back. Grew back. Oh, oh shit. I thought you said everything popped out. <laughs> metal and bones, but your groans? Okay. It feels like I'm still got metal in me now, so So there might be there might be a way back. Uh, yeah, I mean we, to what we were. Yeah, I wouldn't re- I don't know if I'd recommend going through that again, but let me see that watch, you son of a bitch. Thankfully, he doesn't wake up with the watch. You had to go get it in contention. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after I pull that trigger, I, I have vague memories of starting the town and having the mine and making stuff that helps people. And, you know. Uh, wow. You didn't go all evil or anything, did you? I don't know. It just gets up to a certain point, and then it's nothing. I can't remember. Probably not. You probably just did good. How'd you know how to make stuff? You know how to make stuff now? Uh, yeah, like I said- Have you been w- secretly competent this whole time? Like I said, the once I pulled that trigger, it all gets super fuzzy. I just- Make us something almost, right now. It's almost like I wasn't doing it. It's like I have the memory of, of like somebody else, but I know it was me. Because I felt going back in time, I I felt it. But are so are you saying that you didn't have the capability to to change anything? Uh, I you, don't know. Apparently to. not. I, you know, I was feeling a little crazy when I pulled that trigger. Like if I had a meter of sanity, there was nothing else to lose in it. <laughs> Almost as if my decisions were not my own, but a higher being's. I know that feeling. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about the the gun with the tubes on it. Is that what you're saying? That was that's that was the what one, was down yeah. there. But that it can't same be, one. Right? I don't know if it, it's either the same one or or it's got to be it's got to be another replica. Gun. But I mean, I think that room I was in down there, it was some sort of like science lab for Silas Cole, which was me. But I didn't know it until I became Silas Cole. <laughs> But then I must have remembered the diagrams and made them from what I remembered again, and then it's a made it's a dang- more of them. Uh, uh, it's one of them dang old bootstrap uh, paradoxes. It sounds like <laughs> it does sound like that, Keith. Shit, I haven't gone by Keith in a while. That's weird. And he just looks off into the distance, like way deep in thought so do you do you reckon that adam's kane adam kane's uh his whole adam's kane adam, <laughs> reckon, him walk. you reckon adam's kane got him through all this no i was thinking adam's kane like there's multiple of them and that's what you say <laughs> like, <laughs> like courts martial <laughs> you uh you reckon then that adam kane's whole plan would have would have been destined to fail if he wouldn't have been able to change anything in the past, it sounds like. Well, I don't know. Or do you know. guys think that that was a viable option? Maybe everything is 
predetermined. I thought of uh, science experiments and stuff, not philosophy. So the gun is behind the door. That's right, and I think that watch opened it up because... Right. When I got down there, the other door opened when my watch was close to it. and I told you, John. And Adam Kane has the radio and the helmet. Right now, I guess he does. He's probably... I bet he did that earlier than just right now. Seemed like by the time we got back there, he'd been consolidating all this shit for a few days. He really yeah. made hay while we were away. You know, once you <laughs> time travel this much, it's real hard to, to determine where you are when you are. Speaking of, and I look at my watch, what time is it in the mausoleum now? 5 p.m. The, yeah. Sorry. Do you want to guess? 5 p.m. I bet it's about 5 p.m. Oh, my God. Yep. That's it. So in the past, we've woken up at 3 and 1. And 11. Yeah. Yeah, it's a number four, baby. So it's 5 o'clock. What do you reckon we're doing right now? Like, not us, but us. God, are there th- are there three other us's running around as we speak? That's kind of been our operating theory so far, yeah. Maybe we're the ones who just let Ball take care of everything. Look at your body. Look at your body. Did we have anything crossed out this time? And I'm looking at all the yeah. names. Before you had seen that Marvin on each of your chests were crossed out, and you confirmed that. You saw that Maggie on the bottom of your left feet were crossed out, which you also confirm. And Clark, you again see the eaten away logo for the circle of knowledge on your back was drew which you all see is crossed out when you check each other's backs check for ticks too and inside the dominant palm of each of your hands it says tilde and that is also crossed out oh shit that last one was a twofer (laughs) <laughs> well, this this it kind of seems like we got a freebie, boys, to just tie this all up. Well, so Drew's crossed out. What what ended up happening with Drew? Oh yeah, you don't even know what happened after you went down in the hole. No, the pastor might. St- yeah. Well, that's in the future past. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what about the pastor's future past? What well, was that? Well, I left him down there with two bolt holes in his feet, but I propped him up. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> oh, you kind of glossed over that. Well, uh, Remember, you said to shoot him so he didn't follow me, and I did. And then you said, and oh, then you I took shot that him very literally. Foot. Yeah, yeah. Was he ever? He was. He was still knocked out unconscious though. The last time you saw him. Yeah, and uh, I reckon if I went back in time and all that, probably nobody else got there. Got down there to him. So, uh, oops. <laughs> But yeah, with Drew, what happened with Drew? What ha- what happened with everything after I went down there? When when's last you saw Drew, was he still under gunpoint? Well, he was uh, Drew carries or what? However, we're saying he was. I'm, the last thing I remember pretty much was him in her body, and uh, not really much else had happened. Well, I took a shot at Adam as you guys were heading down into that hole, and that prompted. Uh, Christoph, fuck, what was his name? Yeah, the janitor. Yeah, tri- it, 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 we thought we thought Drew was a goner because we heard a gunshot ring out right then. Uh, turned out we had a little savior in the in our midst. Yeah, who sh- who shot Christoph's hand off? It was uh, her name's Ann Love. Do you do you know her? No. She killed my parents. 
She killed your parents? And love killed my parents. Have you always known that, or...? I mean, I've known it as much as I've known things since these things started. Well, why... She killed your parents. Why Was she trying to get you and missed, or...? Here's the thing, is that... And I've known this for a while, and it's been eating me up. She, She works for the Circle. She's a Circle of Knowledge member. She was also in K-Cell with Kevin. With Dad, you, and... <laughs> Dad, you. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, me, yeah. Well, what what was she doing there? Well, I th- she was working for the circle. Here, Here's the mind blower. Are you ready for this? Get, you might sit down. Um, Are you seated? Well, you know, it can't... Yeah, sure. Jim Cook was her handler in some kind of covert operation to do stuff. Secret. Interesting. Can you believe that? <laughs> so <laughs> You know what, Keith? I'm starting firm, to think something's up. I got a firm grasp on how all this works. And I'm telling you, Jim was her handler. So you're telling me Jim Cook was Ann Love's handler to do something secret. So they were. He was the handler of K Cell. It turned out, but then he had some kind of, some kind of a, a splintering. So you remember we saw those notes about how Maggie or that Jim Cook was worried about Maggie and all that. There was some kind of, yeah, some kind of strife within the circle itself, and and was was working for Jim in particular. So that's why she killed my parents. Jim sent her off to get a book. You remember that book we found in Jim's house? Yeah, yeah. He, that's one he like homemade, so it didn't work too well. Okay, so you got the real book at your house. Turns out, John can actually fill you in on how we figure that one out. I had a vision. Oh, <laughs> without the watch? Yes, without the. That's my own thing. God damn it! Oh, okay. I believe you. Everybody's doing their part to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> I was Silas Cole. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, tell me what hap- What about it? What about the book? It's a grimoire. Anne wanted us to get it real bad, and then we were going to go over to Calm Comfy Campground. But then she did some shit that we didn't take too kindly to, namely killing John. I thought John she had died. She killed you? Well, nearly. Stabbed a knife through his head. Good ass. I got, I got pretty lucky, though. Without provocation, or...? I wouldn't exactly say (laughs) (laughs) without provocation, but uh, while we were talking to Anne, John let it slip that he he was a ball, and uh, turns out that's kind of Anne's whole thing is to to get rid of them balls. She's trying to get rid of all my kind. (laughs) Okay, so that makes a little more sense why she do that. So, did did you guys save Drew though? Oh yeah, I forgot that's what you asked about. He's fine. He went back to the tunnels. We told him to. She said, get on down there. Just scamper. <laughs> Be safe. And then did you kill Anne? Yeah. I got real mad at her, and I killed her. And then I still was kind of curious about what the book would do now that we knew where it was because she was so hyped up on it. Right. Went and got the book, and uh, I, that's... I, 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 uh, did it yeah. kill you, or use it? No, not... It, it certainly didn't kill me. In fact, it maybe did the opposite but I, I it all gets fuzzy after that huh huh 
What happened with your head wound? Oh, well... And magic some of it away. Enough for me to help out in killing her. I had... I also I I gave a I gave a shot at uh, doing the same thing I'd just seen Ann do, which was just a, just a little just a little blood magic. She just did like a like a little magic spell with that used that used blood, like like John said. Well, that a while ago would have really freaked me out, but oh, it freaked me out too. I tell you what, I believe in magic. <laughs> it freaked me out so much that I decided to try it myself in a young girl's heart. <laughs> do you believe in magic? It worked when I did it. What and what did it do? Held him up. Held him up a whole lot, if I remember right. <laughs> Sorry, that's I don't know. Not, yeah, it felt real nice. <laughs> so I was really filled wow. with purpose at that point and decided to go and get the book. And that's the last thing I remember. It, yeah, you got. I'll, I got. I got to tell you, you, Keith. You can relate. You know, sometimes at the end of the day, you're you're crazy and. <laughs> I didn't right. really you know what I was. Just got nothing d- left in you. Yeah. And I, you guys remember Jim Cook, right? You remember Jim when, when when we found out he died in a yeah in a, in an alley, right? I, I did that. You did. You did that. I did that. When? What? I touched the book and I I said a spell and I I was suddenly in the alley with Jim and I knew that he had sent. And love to kill my parents, and it it just got the better of me, and I I, 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 I killed him, I strangled him, and I killed him. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Clark, Clark, you're under arrest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm you just never kidding, take buddy. me alive. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so, is that the last thing you remember? Is killing him in all honesty yeah that i i, I got the feeling that uh I, i'd found purpose in my life but when did that happen here. that was just a couple days ago <laughs> that five was five day, days ago five days ago <laughs> so we potentially could have days ago f- have a few of you running around along with us a murdering one you know the last thing i remember is watching wheel of fortune well boys what the i fell asleep on the couch and woke up here really (laughs) damn yeah you getting me right (laughs) roll intelligence (laughs) fucking one (laughs) keith i swear to god i got them all right every one of them well damn what a worthless fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, I don't, I don't know what the hell we do now. I mean, going to watch Wheel of Fortune sounds just good as anything. Hey, uh, John Lee Pettymore, roll a D10 for me. Seven. Gain seven sanity. Nice. I can't tell what's real in this world, but Wheel of Fortune, that's it. There is something so calming about that experience after everything that you've been through <laughs> of just sitting on the couch and crushing Wheel of Fortune. Boys, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, I'm right there with you. I wish I could. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what, what do we do now? I mean, I've, I, I got a couple, couple ideas personally. It kind of depends. Oh, that's one thing, Keith. I should tell you. Uh, Anne Love put a name to that creature that I saw. She mm-hmm. called it a Gigantomaprimbanicus. I nailed it. 
Don't ask me more. And uh, she clarified and she... She uh, she she said that 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 whole thing's real. That whole thing is something that the circle is is trying to keep out of the world. Gigantic prima donna. That's wow. it. <laughs> that's right. That's what that's, that's what, what she said, yeah. right, John? Yeah. No, something like that. Real, hold up, real quick. I gotta I gotta rewrite the end of this campaign real quick. Gigantic <laughs> prima donna. <laughs> yeah. So Ann Ann was telling us that the the giant. Pentacus was a was a real bad thing, and that that was still the goal of the circle, and that's always kind of been the thing. Here's here's one kind of scary thing, Keith, that Ann mentioned to us is that Maggie had some designs on the circle of knowledge that would then lay in a new world order or something like that. But Ann was pretty much on our side as far as she didn't care about that. She just wanted to make sure that the creature didn't happen. Well, the, is the creature related to the ball in any way? You know, hell, I haven't been able to make that connection quite. But if I made ball, then probably not. Probably not. Wait, you made? Yeah, I made ball. I made Mary. Daddy? I, I'm. You're my real daddy? I, I guess so. Holy then. shit. <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> John runs out of the mausoleum. And he stumbles over one of the, uh, the broken androids who's crushed and fallen on the ground and sitting in this dirt in this cold, cold December 6th. You're looking up. The fire is almost completely out on this crawfish boil. The smell souring hits your nose. Uh, as he runs out, I look at Clark and kind of like give him an elbow and go, "Hey, son, where are you going?" And then laugh to myself. <laughs> uh, we probably ought to follow him out, though. I, I'd, I'd be careful about pressing this one, Keith. That's uh, that's, that's, that's why pretty I, sensitive. That's why I said it in here. <laughs> yeah, I'll start following John out just to make sure, John. John, don't don't get too far. We gotta we gotta figure something out now. John is running. He's gonna disappear if you don't catch him. <laughs> so uh, you just take off. I look at Clark. I guess. Uh, John and I just John. take off after him. Oh he, oh hell! <laughs> Clark's gonna run too. John John, come back. We we're gonna need your help. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the last time, you just run right by those androids. Don't look at them at all. Uh, Clark, take your headphones off, and uh, <laughs> Luke, take your headphones off as well. <laughs> Joe, not Clark. Whatever. You have one name. Uh, <laughs> Thomas? Dr. Bradley Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. <laughs> Dr. Bradley Anus is right. <laughs> uh, we got to name ourselves in the Zoom chat. <laughs> John Lee Pettymore the Third is sprinting through the mausoleum. I need you to roll an alertness check for me. 17. There are clearly 
the lights and sounds of an ambulance pulled up at the entrance of the city cemetery, which is now close enough that you can tell what is happening up there. Remembering back from the last time that you were here, there's a woman sitting in a wheelchair at the entrance to the city cemetery who passed away likely an hour ago. That's probably what this is. I, uh, I cross myself and pay my respects to, um, you know, this woman who we <laughs> have really come to think of as a friend. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm booking it for the uh, Marvin Glasses place. Okay. I'm Sounds booking good. it for Planet Juggernaut. Fair enough. As Clark Bishop and Keith Vigna take off running through these above-ground mausoleums here in the city cemetery, I need you to roll alertness checks for me. 61 on a 60. Uh, oh, shit. I thought I rolled a 11, but it's a 17 on a 70. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Sometimes as a handler, you really, really <laughs> want... <laughs> Certain rules to get made. <laughs> oh, that was nerve-wracking. As you're running through, you hear sirens, and you see lights from an ambulance oh. at the entrance to the semi-semi-semi-terry, the semi-sedentary <laughs> from the semi-sedentary. And as soon as you recognize that, you actually hear the running of a slightly heavier than human man taking off in a perpendicular direction to the entrance of the city cemetery. And that man is running toward the glass compound. Is it John? Do we know it's John? We would have just been running after him. Yeah, you, yeah, it's John. Okay. I, I was unsure if it was one of the robot guys that were protecting Stan Manstein got back up. That's what I was No, you didn't about. hear me make fun of you for not looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just remembered them. <laughs> I brought them up every time. <laughs> uh, well, so since I failed my alertness check, I'm going to keep running till till he <laughs> alerts me. He's, uh, Keith, he's, he's heading that way. There's a there's there's a there's a, a ambulance up there at the front gate. He's he's going the other way. He's heading toward uh, the glass compound. Let's go get him. <laughs> Silas Cole completely forgot what Keith Vigna sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm. It, it's legitimately weird for me to be Keith again, right now. Yeah, I am in pursuit of John. I am too. Do I see him? Can I see him? Am I that close? Roll both of you. Roll athletics for me. I got an 8 on a 50. Fuck! I got a 31 on the baseline 30. I was super fucking close. Oh, wow, you I were. Did not. Uh, let's get Thomas in here to roll for us. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Didn't, he, didn't he look up at the exact moment? <laughs> I thought it was a bit. <laughs> it seemed like a bit. What's up? We were waving at you, and you looked up and then just looked down at your phone again. <laughs> like right when we started burning it. Like right when we started doing it. Hey, Thomas, real quick, roll athletics for me. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Nope. 70 on a 50. So as you're 
approaching the edge of the city cemetery, about to make your way onto a main street here in the city, Keith Vigna catches up to you, and you can see Clark Bishop trailing at least eight mausoleums behind. <laughs> Standard measurement. When I catch up, I want to just like grab his shoulder, like, "What? Are, what are you doing? Just come on, slow down. We gotta, we gotta talk. Where are you going?" As far away from you as I can get. I never asked to be born. Don't worry about that right now. I'm not even totally sure what any of it means. Oh, great. Real comforting, Dad. Please don't call me that. (laughs) Dad. (laughs) Clark Bishop hears as he approaches. (laughs) Where are you running off to? I'm going to be with Planet Juggernaut. John. I'm going to ride him into the sky. No, it's what I want to do. John, just just because there's a chance that Keith in the body of Silas Cole invented you doesn't mean he's your dad. You had a dad. It was Kevin. You're in his body now. (laughs) John bursts into tears. (laughs) Full identity crisis. He wasn't here to raise me when I was a young one, and neither were you, Keith. So Planet Juggernaut is the strongest male influence I've ever had in my life. You're older than me. I don't know how I could have <laughs> raised you. Then what? You should have thought of that before you had me. <laughs> well, shit, I'm out of breath. Actually, uh, John Lee Pettymore, Cannon, is 26 years old. And Keith Vigna is 29 years old. (laughs) We never talked about birthdays. Yeah, John never asked Keith. (laughs) I just assumed. John assumed the same. Solid assumptions (laughs) on both parts. (sighs) Clark, help me talk some sense into him. We... I don't even know where we need to be going. John, I, I tell you, I don't, I don't think the glass compound's where we need to go. First of all, that his name's crossed off our chest, that seems like a clear sign that that's all taken care of over there. At the end of the day, we're going to need you with that vision thing you got going on these days. That's, that's a powerful skill you got. That's something you can hang your hat on. That's all I am to you. I mean, you've been, you've been with us from the beginning. We, didn't, we never treated you different after we found out you were ball. You were still one You're of us. You're a friend. It's because we need you around. You're, 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 you help us. Y'all always did treat me like a friend. All right, what do you want to do, Clark? You got any, you got any ideas? I, I got, I, I got one. Uh, yeah. Now that we know where the book is, and these days I'm feeling like I have my wits about me a little more. Why don't we go get the book and head over to Calm Comfy Campground? See what, see what we can do. Maybe save the world there. <laughs> okay. You know what that that one song said? I'll follow you into the dark, Clark. <laughs> Don't step on Superman's cape. I'm no Superman. That's spit spit in the wind. <laughs> You don't follow Clark into the dark, and you don't mess around with Jim. Nice. Do you guys think that ambulance is here to pick up our mess back there? Oh, most certainly, yeah. Think we ought to let him see that? Hey, all right. You know what? A good place to start might be checking out the bodies of these androids, moving them into the mausoleum so they're not so obvious. Yeah, I don't think 
I don't think having EMTs see robots is going to be help our case any. Let's get on it. John, they were at the front gate when we busted out of the mausoleum after you there. I think they're they're pretty close. We got to hurry. We got to move fast. So, so we are dragging the androids back into the mausoleum, but also giving them a thorough investigation, Zach, uh, as we do so. Especially their penises. You guys are so good at role-playing, it's wild. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, these ideas just come to us, Zach. And <laughs> I mean, you did say every time we left the mausoleum that they were there, so... <laughs> It's not like we would have forgotten that. <laughs> yeah, well, it was also just like, yeah, we killed him. <laughs> Dealt with. What's next? Uh, there's nothing interesting about them. Fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so the three of you make your way back to where you just were deep in the heart of the city cemetery as you're dragging these androids into Ari Manstein's tomb. You're giving him a good once over, so I will need each of you to roll search. Because you each have one of these androids. 31 on, on a 50. 40. Didn't hear either one of you because you're both standing. Go, Luke. 31 on a 40. 48 on a 50. Uh, 64 on a 20. Clark, come on, man. Clark's useless. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's totally lame, right, Dad? <laughs> John, the androids are dead. What else did you want to know? Keith Vigna, as you are dragging yours in, you're kind of looking over it. You remember fighting one of these things at James the Millworker's house, and you remember how strong the metal was and how the wrists popped off and had wiring inside and there were there were all sorts of gadgets kind of an inspector gadget style dave batista thing going on here and i followed the first part where did yeah. Dave batista come in yeah i didn't it's understand as that. if dave batista was playing inspector gadget gotcha <laughs> okay cool that would be, that's a fun casting. I would fucking love a Dave Batista yeah. Inspector Gadget <laughs> reboot. Holy shit. All right, podcast over. We just got <laughs> we're, to we're focusing on writing that. <laughs> Pod- Friendship with podcast is ended. <laughs> Inspector Gadget with Dave Batista is my best friend now. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 hitting like sixty five percent right now. He is nailing it for blockbusters. So mm, it might be more like forty after some of those bombs. So we could probably sneak in there. That's what we want, Stuber. Yeah, he did. He did. He did blow a Stuber. That was a bummer. Oh. Hey, Dave, we've got just the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves a reboot. Uh, also, movies are huge right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be, oh, oh my God, a Dave Bautista Inspector Gadget series on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Holy shit. Can we use that Mandalorian screen? <laughs> <laughs> that thing is fancy. I'm editing all of this out so we can actually make this happen. It's got a better chance of happening if we put it out in the world, baby. That's the secret. <laughs> oh, did you read that? Didn't have to. That's the secret. <laughs> Keith, I forgot what I was going to tell you. I don't know, but they already have an Inspector Gadget uh, in the works for Disney+. Plus. 
God damn it. Who called it, baby? But who's starring? I haven't gotten to the starring. The writers are Mikey Day. What? Has been on SNL. He's going to nail that. And Streeter Seidel. Streeter? They got Streeter Seidel. Streeter Seidel. I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah. They're also behind the Home Alone reboot for Disney+. Plus. I would love to see Home Alone, but Dave Bautista is the kid. (laughs) 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 Keith Vigna, as you drag this thing into the mausoleum, you notice that this robot seems to have none of the advanced features that were previously part of the android that you fought at the behest of, you now know, Maggie Cook and Myriad there at James the Millworker's house and Dr. Bradley Anus. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Do you really rely on it that much? I'll change it. And John Lee Pettymore III. <laughs> I was like, was he a part of Myriad? <laughs> Dr. Bradley Anus <laughs> is behind it all. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> it was there. You took it. It was the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> John Lee Kevin Moore the Thirth, as you're dragging this thing in by the ankles of its pants, pants begin to fall down. And instead of a Ken doll uh, right there where the smooth part is, We're finally checking out these robot donks. Uh, You see a stamp uh, that says, Property of the City Asylum. Well, goddamn. This one's hands don't pop off. (laughs) That's fascinating. You find anything on ears? (laughs) Yeah, it it belonged to the City Asylum. Holy shit. Are there any cavities to search? Cause just call me Dr. Anus. <laughs> I will never again. Keith, I don't know if we if we told you and and filled us in a little bit. There's this other group, this opposing group called the City Asylum, and that's who we think McKinley and uh, Harrison. Harrison? Yeah, Harrison. Harrison. Harrison was one of them, but then the other guy, the the the, the woman who else got dead in as a president? McKinley, Kennedy. Harrison, Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy. Agent Kennedy, we think that that's who they were working for, and we told Anne they kind of helped us out in the end. And Anne was like, "Yeah, everybody's kind of moving around toward the same goal." So, so the city asylum isn't like an asylum; it's a group. It seems kind of like the opposite of the circle of knowledge, maybe. Or huh. so we got some of these robots are from them, and some of these robots are from Myriad, and they just got these robot. If you'll excuse the metaphor, Inspector Gadget Batistas running around <laughs> out there, just wreaking havoc on the public, uh, doing their whims. I don't, I don't stand for that. I think these people started out trying to save the world, and now, now it's just gotten out of hand. I mean, we know Maggie's trying to take over the damn thing. A small town police chief just seems like a really unlikely and poor starting position to to be taking over the world from, but somehow she did it. So that's. I will give her kudos there. That's some real Putin shit. (laughs) Uh, Quick question. Do we as characters know anything about the robots being tied to any of the project stuff? So that's the big thing I'm blanking on is that Anne clarified a little bit of those connections and I'm blanking on how it all 
worked out. Yeah, I thought we knew Myriad had made them originally, or... Yeah, you guys know that Myriad makes these things. So Myriad, that's why Myriad has the newer model, because these are old. But then also, Myriad decided that they were going to start selling them to private companies, and Jim Cook's operation, Operation Stapler was his respec operation to cut down on cost before Uh, selling to private companies. So the first one we fought was like, oh, gee, these are cheaper and not myriads. Hmm. I think out loud as Keith Figna. Boy, it was a good thing we thought to check these bodies. Yeah. And John, like, takes the jaw of one of them, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> That's pretty silly, don't you think, boys? God damn. <laughs> Where are we going, Clark? I vote I vote hit I vote heading to get my book and and then heading to Calm Comfy Campground. Okay, let's do it. I'm down. How are you guys getting to contention? I start running on all fours like a horse, and I say, I feel like I knew somebody that did this. <laughs> it's kind of fuzzy. Quick, Clark, hop on Keith. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't, uh, I guess. Somebody's car's got to be here, right? I, Yeah, I guess Drew got <laughs> occupied last time, so he's. Okay, well, I think we should take Drew. over the ambulance. Uh, cops can do that, right? Do we have any badges? I, I got my badge on. Looks real old. They're gonna know. Looks like you're like in a costume for a movie. These are these are <laughs> these are medical professionals. They're they're around cops all the time. What we need to do is go up to a civilian and steal their car under the guise of you being a cop. Yeah. I don't really mind how we get a car. Let's just go. Get oh, one. you know what? Also, we're grown ass men. Do we have wallets on us? Are you saying buy a car? I'm saying rent one. I kind of like the idea of stealing one. We we could just hail a cab. Yeah, we could just take an Uber there. As somebody gets their phone out to order an Uber, I'm like, I don't know, we could steal that pretty easy. <laughs> but once, imagine how easy it'll be to steal once we're inside the Uber. If we want to go with, oh, yeah, that's genius. Once we're in the vehicle, we can we'll steal an Uber. Well, yeah, and also let him drive us around a little bit and see if you know. Is this the car we want to steal? You don't just go with the first Uber. Yeah, I don't have a very good Uber rating, so I'll call him. Keith, what'd you do? Oh, I've only ridden it a couple times, and it's been on official police business, so they... You know what? Let's not get into it. Keith has like a 2.4. He just... I don't, why, why, I wonder? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Seems right, but I don't know why. (laughs) Excuse me, dear listener, but I have to drop in here real quick with some unfortunate news. See, we had to record the rest of this episode on a different day, and on that day, we had issues. Two of them, in fact. The first is fine. Luke just didn't have his newer microphone, so he's at a slightly lower quality than he will be moving forward, but the second sucks shit. 
My laptop couldn't handle my recording and Google Docs and Discord and my manatee masturbation meditation videos all at the same time. So my voice is pretty choppy. I've been trying and trying tirelessly to figure out a way to repair this issue to no avail. However, I do think the rest of this episode rules hard enough to pull the focus away from the problem. In fact, you know what? I I actually did it on purpose to make your muscles tense while listening to this fairly unnerving part of the story. So when you feel your jaw finally relax at the end of the episode, you'll know it worked. Hugs and kisses! It doesn't get you down to a 2.4 stars from just one incident, so I think we should all describe a single incident that got Keith while on duty a low Uber score. I will start. One word at a time. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go around. (laughs) Keith. Really? Shit. What? (laughs) His. Mama. Gave. Me. (laughs) My. It changes in and out. (laughs) Okay. We do need, we need to take improv lessons if we want this to be a good (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Well, hold on. Let me improv this one word at a time for everybody. Keith really shit what his mama gave him and <laughs> forgot his police cruiser. So he called a wacky Uber to drive him to the crime scene. That was That's really cool good. how we all worked together. That was great, oh, guys. Man. We all do a really good Thomas. We should just make the whole, uh, one episode where all it is is a mad lib. We should do like four episodes in a row where it's just one of us talking. That doesn't sound like it would be very popular. <laughs> it was probably, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so I like to think that Keith was out on a call and he needed to arrest someone. So he handcuffs a perp. And then as he takes him back to the police cruiser, he realizes he locked his keys in his <laughs> cruiser with the car running. So then he has to call an Uber. <laughs> and when the, the Uber perp. comes... He takes the perp in handcuffs. He explains to the Uber driver, like, this is a wanted criminal. Like, I need him in the back of your fucking, your Prius. All right, shotgun. He said, pop the trunk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So he throws him in the trunk, and then Keith gets in the shotgun seat, of course, and... Instead of going straight to the police station, Keith is like, I'm going to shit what my mama gave me. <laughs> uh, he shits his pants and then still makes the guy go through a drive through <laughs> I want a f- filet of fish. I shit my pants before the filet of fish. <laughs> that way there's no trouble afterwards. <laughs> Actually, I was wrong. That one experience might take you all the way down to a 2.4. That's a 2.4 mm-hmm. for sure, dude. He's only been on three Uber rides. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. So Keith pulls out his phone and orders an Uber, and it's, uh, you see on the app that there is a vintage. I guess it wouldn't say vintage, huh? I wouldn't say what year the car is. No, it might say what year the car is. It says what year the car is. Once somebody yeah. agrees to pick you up, it does tell you what... 
with the cards. Okay, so one unfortunate soul does agree to pick the three of you up. I guess he doesn't know that there's three of you and you don't know it's a he, but it does. Does it say his name? It's been a while since I've used Uber. Yeah, his, what's his name? Lewis. His name's Lewis, and he's driving a 1966 Toyota Prius. Oh, nope. <laughs> his name is Reginald, and he's driving a. Uh, 1966 <laughs> Volkswagen van. Like a bus? Or like a mini? Yeah. It's like a bus. It's like a van bus. Was there it's a, a different, Are there two different things or just the same name for the same thing? I think, I think the, the bus thing. was the van. This vintage teal Volkswagen van rolls up on the outskirts of the city cemetery. And it is driven by a man has like long hair. Uh, he looks pretty uh, pretty lanky, and his eyes are darting all over the place. He's kind of flinching a little bit, and uh, you see that his shirt seems to be made from random pieces of fabric that were like patched together, quilted together. Hey, hey, guys! Hey, guys! Uh, Uber. Are you what? What's your name? Spud. Bud. Call me Spud. I thought it was Spud. Lewis or Reginald. Oh no! Uh, my mom tried to name me Lewis, but my dad—he—he uh, he really liked the name Reginald. And he grabs a, a can of whipped cream from the floorboard under his feet, and he just goes into his mouth. He's like, "All right, let's go." Uh, but uh, Bud, I'm gonna sidebar with my compatriots uh, real quick. Is he eating the whipped cream, or is he like inhaling the the? Gas from the can. Yeah, is he popping? Yeah, or? roll search for me to see if there's uh, any any actual cream on that. Any lip. cream in it? I'm gonna search for cream in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, let's see. Uh, Twenty-two freaking crit success. Oh my! How much God. cream is in there, <laughs> dude? There is a little. There's a little bit of cream. There's like a little bit of cream Hell on yeah. his lip, and it seems to like at least sputtered. You know, there's some. He, he keeps his lips tight around that white oh plastic God. nozzle, but uh, <laughs> so you can't see it all. But like, yeah, there's some. So we are. Um, John leads these guys into a, a sidebar real quick, and um, he's like. Hey, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just that the good Lord, you know, can only make so many variations of his own creations, but, but doesn't, doesn't this guy sound a lot like that, that weird creature that was looking for the overseer? (laughs) I'd I'd have to hear him. I'd have to hear him talk one more time. Do you think maybe those creatures are doing poppers too? (laughs) That's not what poppers are. (laughs) I, I did them one time in a hot tub at a bachelor you're party. Thinking of, you're thinking of whippets, Joe. Whippets, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, I've never done whippets, but I did do poppers in a hot tub with a bunch of hot dudes, you know? What happened to your accent, Keith? <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was Keith saying that. He forgot who he was. <laughs> Being Silas Cole for so long made him forget who he was. Yeah, I'm having like flashbacks. I'm like, I'm not okay. Okay, uh Zach, you gave me like dirty looks and flipped me off. So I was asking a legitimate game strategic question. No, I, like- I appreciate that. Uh, he he turns and he's like, oh, sorry, I had something in my I I, I had 
Mm, hey, man. Hey, I had some. I had something in my throat, dude. Dude. Okay. Oh, all right. This this sidebar was a false alarm. This is just an average country feller, just like you or me, or Keith, even. I just been doing some helium and and whipped cream. Wait, you've been doing. You're. Are you high right now? Nah. You want your driver relaxed. Let's get in. Yeah. Normally I object to this, but this seems kind of like the guy that wouldn't think twice about anything we're about to do. Yeah, if you see some freaky shit, it's because you're high. Uh, Clark, I don't want to alarm you, but every time you've been in a cruiser with Keith or I, we have been at least his level or beyond <laughs> on inhalants or some other substance. He hears you guys talking and he's like, nice. Hey, yeah, we used to be the law, still are kind of. Not anymore. I guess we're... We're kind of wandering vagabonds like you, creatures of the road. Are you guys going to like a costume party or something? Sure. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're born naked and the rest is just drag. Dude, the rest is just blah. And he like uh, grabs on his shoulder, like the shirt of his shoulder, the shoulder of his shirt. And he's like, the rest is just rags, my dude. <laughs> yeah, your clothes are not very good. No, 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 no. I make them myself, man. It's yeah, I make them myself. It's for the you environment. You made them yourself. Yeah. It yeah, it does look like that. Where did I where did I put the address as uh, for our end? Yeah, could you just take us to the to the pen, man? Oh yeah, yeah for sure, dude. And he starts driving. I'm really glad that I got that thing out of my throat. I feel much more comfortable like this. <laughs> I'm glad too, man. I'm glad you can be comfortable. I'm glad you can just drive us. So what are you guys doing in contention? You don't really have to say anything at all to us. No, I figure we talk. I'm one of those Uber drivers who likes to talk to everybody the whole time. <laughs> what, what are you guys doing in contention, huh? Do you find that people like that? I No, no, dude. It's just like <laughs> I get so lonely sometimes. You know? Yeah, one cool thing that an Uber driver can do is just put on some some pretty, uh, you know, some pretty well liked music. Radio's busted, man. Some pretty mu- some music that like everybody can kind of get. You know, anything from the seventies, basically. Uh, uh, off. I wish I could, dude. The but worst thing. The busted. worst thing they could do besides talking is like put on Imagine Dragons, but they do that a lot. Would we recognize this guy from like around Contention? Nah, man, I'm from the city. What are you guys? Are you guys from Contention or what? Born and raised, yeah. Or what? Yeah. You're from Contention? That's sick, dude. I heard the cops there are like bad. <laughs> I heard there's some crazy boys, yeah. Yeah, what else have you heard about them? Oh, dude, I just have some friends down there who like get litty. Like my homie, he's the manager at this sandwich place. And like you, I mean, he grows his own shit. It's fucking cool. Yeah, that's my cousin. Is his name that's, Jimmy. That's my cousin. No shit, what? Yeah. He's a good guy. His stuff is pretty good. <laughs> Dude. And he, like, uh, as he's driving, he turns fully around <laughs> to, to look you in the eyes and hands and puts out his fist to give you nucks. <laughs> I quickly return his nucks and point towards the road. <laughs> nice. And it's quiet for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, could you put something on, like, even Imagine Dragons at this point? Oh, like I said before, uh, we were kind of both standing up at the same time. It was pretty crazy, uh, but like, so I couldn't hear you, or you couldn't hear me. But like, radio is fucking busted. I could, I could sing some Imagine Dragons for you if you want. Yes, please do that. Yeah, that's for sure. That 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 sounds great to me. Thank you. Oh 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 
Radioactive, radioactive, well, maybe I need to give them boys a second chance because that's the best Imagine Dragon song I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, just fucking imagine them, though, right? Dude, uh, it is evocative as hell. <laughs> I'm picturing them all Game of Thrones. You know, one time after I'm I'd, thinking like I, smile. I read all those books in my early 20s. That's one thing you don't know about John Lee Pettymore. Oh, nice. John Lee Pettymore's your name? That's long. <laughs> yeah it's just it's three it's three of them uh all together there uh um, i mean my name's spud hi spud spud yes yeah, spud the, like the beer dog like a like a tater like a tater nice and he turns fully around <laughs> to give you knucks i, I knuck him real quick back back turn around, turn around. Uh, and as you turn around you both you all see two things in the distance both are roughly 30 feet in the air the sun slowly beginning its descent behind them one is expected it's the billboard for the contention trucks your hometown baseball team trucks bring it <laughs> trucks bring it the other is less expected it's a floating four-wheeler this familiar all-terrain vehicle adds another terrain to its already impressive resume <laughs> as it seems <laughs> as it seems to surf on some sort of invisible wave roll sanity is this a four-wheeler occupied or just on its own up in the... It's occupied as hell, but it's pretty far away. Can I Fuck. can I reroll my sanity? No. That's great, though, if you failed. It's fun for I me. I did. I am at 18. Oh, fuck. And so uh, do you think 44 is a good roll? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do think 44 is a good roll. Joe, you put a thumbs down, meaning you passed? I, <laughs> I failed, but uh, <laughs> it was luckily under my power. Okay, under your power. And then, uh, Thomas, what did you roll? I failed. Okay, so it says if you pass, you don't lose any sanity. Fuck yeah. Congratulations to fucking Tied. no one. That's awesome. If you, uh, Joe and Thomas, both roll a D4 as Luke takes one D4 of sanity damage. Or, I mean, sorry. <laughs> Luke, you take I all take four. four. Yeah, that's what I figured. Joe and Thomas roll a D four as Luke rolls a D four. Just for fun. <laughs> you guys are rolling a D four for fun. He's actually losing the sanity. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't want to feel. I didn't want you to feel left out of this interactive process. Uh, Zach, I got bad news for you, or good news. I hit my breaking point. Hey, what up, what up, what up, every what up, time, time I don't know for if I a mania. I've iterated this already, but every time I wake up in the mausoleum, I'm one point away from my breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. And Thomas, what'd you roll? I lost two sanity. Okie dokie. And Luke lost four. I mean, Keith Vigna lost four. Which puts me at 14. Uh, there's one thing on my notes here. It says, if they pass, read this. Uh, I won't read that if they <laughs> fail. Okay. Fast approaching is a massive, black, shiny wave the size of a tsunami formed from the indelible, viscous sludge that infiltrated your town and disrupted your lives. Inside this thrashing swell of my... I, I, I wrote this already, so it's like, but it disrupted your lives, and now I'm thinking, like, what lives? 
Yeah, I mean, we don't really the saddest have much boys. Going on. Jesus Christ. Inside this thrashing swell of muck Zach, are the thrashing bodies. Yeah, read, yeah. Your, read your copy and add like any commentary or like embellishments later. Don't fucking <laughs> yeah. salt our Hold wounds. your applause for the end, dude. <laughs> if you want to add some parentheses like what lives these miserable fucks, okay, do that. But you don't, you gotta, I mean. Bust out a character just to throw shade. It's 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 fine. I'm a tree, Birch. So inside this thrashing swell of muck are the thrashing bodies of Councilwoman Carrie Pages and Salem the Cat. Their hands and paws stretch out, trying to breach this inescapable tide, but their struggle does not last long. Their limbs fold into this ooze, becoming one with a sentient massive goop that is about to crash down upon you. What do you do? How fast is this wave moving? Like, do we have much time? Nope. And as it collapses over you, (laughs) you... (laughs) (laughs) It's just enough time for uh, you to also realize that the driver is seeing what you're seeing as he just goes, dude. But the dude is pretty much cut off by the wave. Like the swell of like, you know, when you get hit by a wave in the ocean and just kind of holds you down. And for like a moment, you think it's over. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So like Gak was Nickelodeon's version of Flarp, or slime, a toy for children made by mixing water with borax and liquid uh, uh, glue. My wife. I'm sorry. It's, uh, gak, slime, yes. What was the other thing you said? Flarp. 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 F-L-A-R-P. I think I... That's what we called it. <laughs> Hang on. Wait, wait, wait one second. Oh, shit. Does he have some flarp? Joe just walked away. He just like ran away with a giddy childlike smile. I on have his beautiful flarp, face. except it's not in the thing, but I've got the case for it. No. Oh my oh, God. It literally, literally says flarp. But flarp. I don't, not, I don't know where Wait, the flarp went. Wait, what does it say? It nice putty? Oh no, it got out. Noise putty. So it's the stuff when you, <laughs> when you keep putty. it in Noise, this case, dude. <laughs> you can put your finger into it and it makes really Noise. easy fart Yo, sounds. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I do know. Or that. if you can't afford a pocket pussy, almost as if like the the sound <laughs> oh, is kind of like where it went. flarp. <laughs> or if you can't afford a fuck barrel, the flarp barrel. Oh, that's a Patreon joke. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's gonna get that, that here. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Literally, no okay, one so, is going to. Uh, <laughs> they will soon. Uh, it's it's so good right now. Actually, I cannot wait until you make a fuck barrel. The fuck barrels are gonna come out sooner than the t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> Oh, that fucking hurts. Um, so the 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 stuff we created in our kitchen with like borax and water and liquid glue was a lot like uh, wetter and runnier uh, than the GAC, like the name brand stuff. And it felt cold and wet, but sort of heavy at the same time. And when the stuff moved around, it peeled away like it had to like make an effort to release from your skin. What now, is it? What is that? called where it's like when you hit it it's a solid but i was just thinking about that too, too. It's, i think it's a newtonian su- substance or a yeah a, uh, a uh, non-newtonian yeah non-newtonian with like cornstarch or something is it how you used to make it yeah cornstarch and and like cum oobleck oobleck yeah oobleck oobleck flarp oobleck okay now imagine dragons imagine the stages imagine the way 
that your thoughts change throughout this vorish process as you are consumed. Oh, the reason that I talked about Gakpa for so long is imagine that it's like literally covering your entire body. At first, it feels like jumping into a pool with your clothes on, like a little strange, a little awkward. It's like in the van? Yes, oh, completely. You can't see anything anymore except for darkness. And uh, as the ooze pushes in around you, it becomes increasingly difficult to move your limbs. This cold, wet sludge relentlessly fills every orifice in your body, and you struggle to maintain a sense of optimism as you are completely enveloped in this suffocating goo. John Lee Pettymore, who rolled over his uh, power, has just unbuckled his seatbelt. Like, while he could still move, he rolled up into as much of a ball as he could. You know, this form is not really my own. I will survive the goo onslaught. I hope my friends will be as lucky. If not, perhaps I might rip their spines out and take their corpses if this one is ruined by the goo. Keith, after having just lost four sanity, he isn't really computing. Like, he knows what's going on, but he's just decided it's not actually happening to him. And so uh, he's just sitting there, breathing in as normal. I think Clark tries to scream and gurgles. This isn't how it was supposed to go. (laughs) (laughs) Joe, look directly into the camera right now. Joe, look directly into the camera right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Print screen, print screen, print screen, print screen, print screen, print screen, print screen. (laughs) Dear listener, I have such mixed emotions right now. An oozing substance has just made its way into my studio, and it is heading directly towards me. On one hand, I feel like I am, unfortunately, staring down the empty pudding cup of my existence. But on the other hand, it kinda looks like rotting putrid slop. And like I said, I'm hungry. What the fuck? I'm... I'm full! No!